Peter Kessler, and you're listening to Reading the Break. In 1935, Gene Sarazen played in the Masters Tournament for the first time. He missed the one in 1934, the first one, because he had committed to play in some exhibitions in South America, and the Masters was not yet what it would one day become. In the fourth round, he was playing with Walter Hagen, and as they approached the par 5 15th hole, they were three shots behind Craig Wood, who had already finished play. At that point, a newspaper man from the New York Sun came down and said, You're three shots behind. I'm not going to watch you bums finish. And then, of course, one minute later, Saracen hit his turf rider for Wood into the hole on the par 5 15th for a double eagle two. At that point, he was tied with Craig Wood. But the things that he remembered about that day were not really the two that he made on number 15, as important as it was. What he remembered was there were about 25 people around the green when he holed his second shot, one of whom was Bobby Jones, and of course Walter Hagen saw it too because he was playing with Gene. Gene said the other thing that he remembered was that he had to make a great four on number 18 to tie Craig Wood, that it was windy, he didn't hit his drive very far, and he had a full four wood into the green, which he hit some 40 feet above the hole. He said the green was very fast, and he rolled the ball down the hill to about four feet and shook in the four-footer to tie Craig Wood, whom he would beat in the playoff the next day. Gene said that over the next 60 years, that 10,000 people came up to him and said, I was there that day, Gene. I was sitting right behind the green when you made the two. Gene became, with that win at the Masters in 1935, the first man to win all four majors over the course of a career. During the first week of April of 1995, 65-year-old Arnold Palmer was getting ready to play in what would be his final Masters as a competitor, and he would finish 36 holes. I was with him at Bay Hill in Orlando as he was hitting balls, getting ready to play the following week. And he started with his wedges, and he worked his way down to the two iron. And he had beautiful shots with his two iron, high, low, left to right, right to left, absolutely stunning stuff, especially for a man his age. So I said to him, you know, it's too bad, Arnold, that you can't hit the one iron anymore because you may need it going into number 15. You may want to hit it on number two. You know, you're going to have a tough time if you can't get that club up in the air. And at that, he shoved the two iron back into the bag and he pulled out the one iron and he started to hit some really high fades with the one iron. And the ball didn't curve to the right. It just sort of fell to the right. And then he started to hit high draws and looked at me and said, now if the pin is back left on 15 and I have one iron, this is the shot I'm going to hit. And he started to hit some high draws that, again, didn't curve to the left, but they simply fell to the left. Shortly thereafter, we were at the Masters. I walked the 36 holes with his wife, Winnie. And on the 18th hole the first day, I said to her as we started to walk up the hill, I said, stop a minute, I can't catch my breath. And she said, that's because you're walking straight uphill. You absolutely can't appreciate how steep those hills are unless you go. The drop from the 10th tee to the 10th green is as tall as the Statue of Liberty. On the second day, 
Winnie and I followed Arnold again, and you couldn't see a thing. There were, you know, thousands and thousands of people there, and they were 20 deep, and you couldn't even see him walk by. It was so crowded. And we got to the top of the hill, and Winnie kept walking until she got to the big tree behind the clubhouse. I waited for Arnold to finish signing his scorecard behind the 18th green, and he spotted me standing behind the rope, and he walked over to me, and he put his arm around me, and I put his arm around him, and he said, walk me up to the tree so I can be with Winnie. And we started to walk, and the crowd parted just like it was the Red Sea. I knew it was a sad moment for him, even though he was surrounded by people that he loved, and of course, it was a thrilling moment for me. Even though Ben Hogan won three major championships in 1953, those would be the last that he would ever win. But in 1954, he and Sam Snead were involved in a playoff of the Masters Tournament title, and they came to the 16th hole tied, and they both had about 45 footers up the hill with Snead slightly away. And Sam told me that when he hit the putt, he knew he had hit it too hard, and he expected it to go six or seven feet past the hole, but it crawled right to the edge of the hole, and he had a simple tap-in for his par three. He thought Ben would also misread the speed of the putt, and that's exactly what happened. Ben rolled his putt up to about six feet short of the hole, misjudging the speed going up the hill, and missed the next putt, and made a bogey four, and Sneed went on to win. It was the last time that either of them would win a major championship, they were both 42, and they would both contend in many majors for years to come, but that would be the last hurrah. As I'm recording this, it's Masters Monday afternoon, and they've closed the golf course due to bad weather, and they expect bad weather on and off for the rest of the week. It changes a lot of things. If the greens are their usual master's speed, then Jordan Spieth, the best putter in the world, has a clear advantage when putting at Augusta National. He gauges the speed and the line of the putts in Augusta National as well as, well, Tiger used to do, as Jack used to do. But if it stays wet and the greens slow up a little bit, even though they have a sub-air system under the greens to suck away the moisture, it lets other players into the mix who were more iffy putters like Rory McIlroy, who would love the speed to be slowed down a little bit because he gets shaky when they're really fast. The same is true of Sergio. The same is true of Lee Westwood. The length of the golf course also becomes longer when it's wet because the ball doesn't roll as far. And usually, the longer hitter has an advantage at Augusta National. And if the course is wet and slow, then the longer hitters will have an even greater advantage. For Reading the Break, I'm Peter Kessler.